Welcome back to NLP's Young Professionals Network podcast, Growing in the Green Industry. Today's podcast is powered by our Young Professional Network partner, Steel. Steel makes a full line of gasoline and battery-powered outdoor power equipment for the demanding landscape professional. Find yours at steelusa.com. Your hosts of today's episode include myself, Miles Caparis from Include Software, Macy Wallenberg from Landcare, and Brett Lemke from RM Landscape. How y'all doing today? Great. Good day. Doing great. Good stuff. Good to be here. I'm excited to be here too. I'm also excited for our guest. Um, so I'll do the intro on this. Uh, Jenny Gerard started college with an open mind before quickly finding a love for all things science, especially botany. She obtained her associate's degree in science and mathematics before moving on to SUNY Cobleskill, where her love of science and botany could become one. After her first semester of classes, working as a greenhouse assistant, she realized how much she loved growing plants. She finished out, finished out her college career, taking a wide range of courses to learn as much as she could about how plants grow and how to manipulate that growth. After graduation, she interned as a production grower for Longwood Gardens, working in the greenhouses, aiding in installations, and specialty mum trial research, and enjoyed behind-the-scenes visits to some of the leading public and private gardens in the country. Jenny loved how you could transform an entire space and transport guests to a whole new world. Following her internship at Longwood Gardens, she spent time at Bush Gardens as a specialty display horticulturalist, where she built topiaries, managed special events, and landscaped areas for holidays. After five years at Bush Gardens, Jenny moved back home to Buffalo and joined RM Landscape as an area manager, helping, build, helping to build new, their new branch. In her role, she manages crews, clients, and projects while also creating designs for customers. Over the last year, she has been coordinating their strategic planning efforts. Jenny also has recently engaged with NELPs, specifically the Women in Landscape Network, which has brought a renewed sense of purpose to her life. Jenny has been married to her husband for 10 years and loves spending time with her family and two kitties. We need the name of those kitties, by the way. She loves the outdoors, the beach, knitting, and traveling to new places and experiencing new things. Jenny, is there anything that I miss in that? No, that was great. Storied. So what are the names of the cats? I mean, this is the most important part while we're on the podcast. Harold and Zelda. Harold and Zelda. Fantastic. Well, we're... Uh, the most exciting part I heard was area manager for RM Landscape. Very excited about that one. So that was Bush Gardens, that little place compared to our world. Come on. I mean, you're working for Brett Lemke. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, there's, uh, we will not be sharing any of those stories today, folks. Uh, <laughs> at least, well, maybe we will, but, uh, but no, uh, no intimate understanding of uh, the working relationships with me. Surprise. This is roast your boss. With uh, the Young Professionals Network surprise episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's, oh, it's a fair match, right? So we'll get to go after the host and we're going to go after everybody. So, but no, this, I, I'm, I'm excited to have you here, Jenny. Uh, you, uh, no doubt with what the, the intro and your background to then just your time with us and, and in a few short years, what you've been able to accomplish with our strategic planning within the Women's Network. I mean, you, you jump in. And you get very involved, um, but you do it strategically and you, and then you can back it up hundred percent. So I think that's uh, a testament to your strengths. And then again, a really exciting background that we get to learn more about today. Awesome. So Jenny, let's kick it off. 
Um, so you clearly had a pretty storied career path. Um, what's been kind of the highlights and lowlights that you can take away from that? And uh, what do you like sharing the most? Um, well, for all of them, the biggest takeaway is that I've learned to not turn down an opportunity. Um, even if I feel that it was something I was scared to go out for or something I felt maybe I wasn't experienced enough for, um, I jumped right in and, and just started learning. And it's honestly what built my whole career, um, just not being afraid of those challenges. And, um, you know, I just, throughout the years, I just keep learning and keep learning. The more I learn, the, the more I love about landscape and just horticultural in general. Um, some takeaways from Longwood Gardens, I would say that's just an amazing place to be. It was an amazing internship. Um, I really learned about um, customer experience and how to like immerse yourself in a landscape and how you could completely change an area, even though it's the same area you've been to a hundred times um, just with different landscaping designs and changing that. Um, also a big one was the teamwork because you live on property when you're an intern at Longwood Gardens. So um, huh. you just, yeah. That's um, cool. And it was interesting too, that that would be my tough point And uh, one of those moments of questioning if I should do it, I was married. Um, I had to leave my husband behind for almost a year. Uh, we were apart and that, you know, that's not easy to do. And he just uh, sat through four years of me in school. So he barely saw me in the first place. <laughs> So it's a great way to start a marriage, just, just so you know, no fighting. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that was an experience, though, to go and dedicate to that and be apart from my family, but it was worth it. Um, I wouldn't change it for a world. And uh, Bush Gardens, again, that was another, oh boy, am I moving from New York to Florida? Am I going to be okay? <laughs> so um, am I going to melt? because I'm from Buffalo. So the, the cold weather here, we're just kind of used to it and it's 90 degrees every day down there. So that's probably that tough point down there. Well, you didn't melt. So that's a good thing. No, I didn't. I got <laughs> <used to it. laughs> All right, cool. So yeah, just overall, just really great experiences. So I'm, I'm really curious. Um, it seems like, I mean, uh, especially between Longwood Gardens and Bush Gardens, those seem to be pretty unique spots to be or like opportunities that really focus you on being a horticulturalist and like you can probably be really technical with plants and um really embrace that like that botany side of your degree for sure um maybe mathematics too i don't know um uh so 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 um what was it like being able to like kind of nerd out because i know uh being like a landscape professional you're you're required to do maybe like a little bit more business type aspects alongside the technical, right? There's, there's a rare position where you're not selling or you're, you're not managing somebody. Um, but, and these, and correct me if I'm wrong, but these other opportunities sound like you could really focus on being really nerdy and like diving into the science or like spending a lot of time on, on that. So can you tell them more about that? Yeah. So at Longwood, I would agree with you. Um, at Bush Gardens, um, it was a little bit different and I'll dive into that, but at Longwood, yes, that was, it was such a great experience because I was right out of college to, to go there and, and experience that. And, you know, the, 
the level of time you have to spend on these things and nerd out and really get into the science and get into the plants and, you know, the budget's insane. So, uh, you know, that's <laughs> you know, something to experience, but then you go to Bush Gardens and you would kind of think the same, but you're still selling to different departments. So it's, it's almost within the business, you have to sell to the other departments to sell your projects that you want to do. And you still have a very tight budget because surprisingly, even though gardens is in the name, the roller coasters take the cake. So um, it, you do have to figure out and that's where our leaving Longwood and having the ability to have an endless budget and, you know, just be completely nerdy on the plants and, you know, do whatever I wanted to do with my time to go into Bush Gardens. And there are a lot of constraints. There's, you know, labor constraints, what I can buy, how can I make this happen? But they still want the end product that they saw on the paper. So um, that taught me a lot on how to use the science that I knew to make those things work. Well, it's a healthy balance, uh, right? And we, and it's just even the tradition of school, you go and you learn the technique, but the relevance of time, budget, and just working with others is just not, doesn't hit. So everybody makes, you know, tries to create the most beautiful designs and those design courses or in creativity, you get to get into a more practical sense, which is again, a nice, a nice uh, notch with an experience to see it really happen out there in the field. Um but, uh, but, but finding a healthy balance. And, and of course, in Longwood, there is somebody counting every one of those pennies somewhere, somehow. Right. And so, um, and, uh, and, but it to, I think to allow the creativity to flow is uh, an exciting piece. And then, uh, and then marry that with, uh, with that of uh, budgets and working with others and, you know, helping, you know, build teams is becomes the full rounded out of what we all hope for people within our industry. Well, uh, yeah. So that's, I think that's, that's pretty interesting. So like now, so you went from, um, these, this public private, the private public garden, right. Environment to this like amusement park type environment, which is interesting. And then now you're working at RM landscape, which is again, a totally different environment. Um, what has been, I think the carrying theme. So you talked about the science and I, I want to get a little more technical on this podcast because I feel like we don't have many technical and, but you seem like a very, great technical person to like, to talk about this stuff. So like what science did you learn at maybe these other spots like Longwood or maybe Bush Gardens as well, where you're kind of, you had different constraints that, that you can now bring into RM landscape that you find that maybe others who don't have that technical background and they kind of work their way in through the landscaping industry can learn from. I would say um, a lot from what I learned from uh, Bush Gardens on how to manipulate plant growth um, really helps me with the efficiencies and just from small things like pruning and changing the way we prune our plants and um, looking for different ways like growth hormones to slow down leaf regulation on like a boxwood because it's just growing crazy and so now I don't need to go prune it three times in the year. Um, I, other things are working with my clients and, and educating them in a way so that they understand what we're doing and that trust building, because I actually do have that knowledge. Um, it, it helps that relationship grow. Um, and they do, they turn to me for the answers. So that's helpful and um, just builds that trust. Um, the biggest thing though, is just my plants look really good. <laughs> so I, I, I'm really proud of that. My straws, my, you know, the turf, I'm, I'm still learning a little bit more it's a little bit out of my element is the turf, but I've been learning over the last three years and um, 
my annual garden display is out of this world. So <laughs> I wish we could share pictures like yeah. throughout the podcast, like as you're driving or listening to the podcast, just like randomly every five minutes, bam, here's a new picture. <laughs> like how amazing would that be? I, I'm going to need to get some of these photos after and just get some inspiration. Well, in, in the interview process with Jenny, she comes with her portfolio of what was a uh, full scale, like, I don't know, was it a butterfly? There's a, a, a woman, like a huge woman display made out of florals, right? Just, you could think of the grandeur of Bush Gardens. It's like, here's what I do. I'm like, okay, well, uh, here at RM Landscape, we may do 500 square foot bed areas of uh, red begonias. And we may do that very often. Are you okay with that? Yeah, no, that sounds exciting. I'm like, it's not going to be as exciting as building uh, zebras and, uh, and lions out of flowers. But uh, I'm excited because I know your flowers are going to do well. Uh, and, uh, and they do, and they thrive. And Jenny was a part of, uh, we did a little uh, guerrilla campaign for how to manage our beds and our container plants. And so we put that on there. And so she's, you know, shows how to, to train through that for our team. So, you know, I think it goes to even a larger conversation too. It, when you have subject matter experts in roles of managers, how lucky that is. Now there's many people in this industry that says, well, it's about relationships. And so you could have been in the window cleaning industry, you could have been HVAC, just about managing relationships. But we all know that it's good when they say, well, what's wrong with this plan or what can you do about it? And you have that answer, like that has a lot of value. And we've at RM have, you know, probably put more people with experience in those seats uh, or at least a little more time with our company. Uh, and, and Jenny said that really fast so that, she doesn't have to go other places for the answer. She, she's got that right there in, in her experience deck. Yeah. So, um, Brett, I'm actually kind of interested. What's, what are the differences if you like between having like a, a person who might have like good relational experience, but then having that dynamic of like a really technical person on your team as well, does that bring balance? You know, I think so. I, you know, I think Jenny should answer this question as well. Uh, you know, I get good, fee good feedback from uh, our customers that she's attentive. So she has relationship skills. So it's a balance. I mean, to be a horticulturist and not know how to talk to people or take what is the science and bring it down if you're using really big words, right? And we have a colleague, uh, Terry, I'm just gonna call his name out right in this one that is very <laughs> science and he'll bring some big words in, but he has the ability to bring it into a, a conversation too, but he'll come in with the really scientific words and, uh, and you just can look around and watch the customers are like, I don't think they understood what that word meant, but it is important if they did know what it is, uh, but let's try. And so uh, it's healthy balance. Uh, I think. And so, and Jenny, you know, your time with, I mean, when you want to tell them what's going on with their flowers, but you know, they just said, you know, you, it's green. I'm happy. What, what do you, how do you find that balance? Um, honestly, I, I, when I was at both of those places, I really gained that guest or customer experience. And a lot of that is just having really, you know, at Longwood, it's the little ladies that come up to you and I'm like, what is this? What is that? What is this? And <laughs> You know, it's part of the experience, though. They want to walk up to the person in the Longwood shirt and get answers, but you can't, you know, have this conversation of completely technical that they get bored halfway through the conversation. So I learned from there. And then same with um, when I was at Bush Gardens, I had to do like horticultural tours, garden tours. Um, I had to meet with the media with, for the big projects that we did and showcases and festivals. So I used to have to talk on, you know, in interviews and things like that. So 
that experience kind of relays back into my customer and my client experience now. How do you talk to people when it's technical? How do you explain why is this green and this is yellow? Um, you know, and it's just a, an even balance of not getting too technical, which sometimes I have, and it can go really well or it can go really wrong. And, you know, either somebody's really happy you're that educated or they think you're kind of talking down to them. So that is still like, as I go through my career and I'm, you know, I'm only 34. So as I grow and I, I learn I, that reflection of, okay, was that, was that too much? <laughs> so um, and I asked for feedback too, from my coworkers and, you know, Brett. <laughs> well, well, don't we, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are probably listening that are transitioning into this industry came from a different one and, and maybe have no horticulture background, but it's, I guess if you love what you do, you, you're going to start, you need to learn it. Right. And so I've walked around with arborists cause you know, my tree care world is not that tree knowledge is not that strong. And so, but they'll tell me, this is what this is, you know, here's how you look at it. And you're like, and you retain that. And so you don't have to be a horticulturist to be in that role that Jenny's in area manager or lead the organization, but yeah, pretty soon quick need to know horticulture as it relates and don't BS cause they'll call you out. Right. And when you're on these HOAs and they know more than you, they're just testing you right somehow, some way. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, and I imagine Macy, you find yourself probably hiring a mix horticulture to just professionals and, and, and training them all on what we do is, is, a, is a job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we tell people all the time, even though I come from a horticulture background, I mean, we can teach anybody landscape because honestly, my four-year degree, I feel like I've, you definitely learn more in the field, but I think it's really promising to, Yeah, when you hit the mute button, Macy, we can't continue that conversation. There it is. Man. <laughs> yep, yep. No. Right when the most important thought was coming, mute. I know. Gosh, the phone. Um, no, I think it's just really awesome seeing people like Jenny in the position that she's in. You don't have to have an MBA to be a business leader. Um, you can come from horticulture and work your way up. So I think it's really great for our listeners to hear that um, and say, like, not bragging myself, but same thing, like, I have no, I'm not great at the business, like financial side, but I love horticulture and I love what I do. And in Jenny, I can tell just from what we've talked about so far and like reading your bio, like that's where you come from and that's what you see. And so it's really great to see people moving up that don't have to have all this CEO experience everywhere. Um, so super promising to our listeners and our young professionals listening. Honestly, you can pick up that experience no matter where you go. It just depends on what you know, when you're, when I was younger, I just started grabbing things and, oh, let me work on that project so I can learn how you're budgeting that project. And uh, let me work with entertainment so I can learn how you do different designs. And, you know, no matter where I went, I just try to grab more so I can learn more and be a part of more. And sometimes that can be a weight, but you're just gaining so much more experience that you don't have to get at school. Well, and that goes to what you've done by, uh, we needed somebody within our strategic planning process to lead us through this. And it, and it couldn't be me for just too busy to organize our committees and our, and our teams and just keep them on track. And so Jenny volunteered. I don't think we had to push you that hard on it, did we? Well, but uh, so it was volunteer. And um, 
and she's really embraced that. And I would, you had a background in that, um, but this is unique to us and you've learned a lot through that, but so that willingness to learn, right. A, a key element here uh, or behavior, I suppose, is, 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 has helped you jump in and, and accelerate. And I was excited when you joined our team because we, you know, we have horticulture backgrounds. We, you know, we're very loyal to SUNY Cobleskill with a lot of alumni here. Um, but, uh, but it was, you know, missing in some parts. And so we have process understood. We know how to execute a team from A to B to and move them throughout the thing. But now, you know, with your background and other people in leadership can, we can really push the, and teaching people the landscape part of business to Macy's point. We can, but you need the good people and you're a good horticulturist to be able to teach and understand, explain why we do what we do and the way we do it. So what's your focus now, Jenny, as like you're growing your skill set? Are you, are you kind of satisfied with the technical or like, or you focus more on your managerial? I do both because we're, we're, this is an ever changing industry. Um, you know, whether it be the new technology that's coming out, um, just plant varieties are changing. Uh, they're learning different techniques for proper horticultural use. So I'm, I'm still learning, you know, it's, it's audiobooks, <laughs> it's YouTube videos and stuff, you know, but things that I can do on the go. Um, but with regards to managerial, I'm also doing that because again, still ever changing. I'm getting different generations in, I'm working with different kinds of people and, and skill sets. So I need to kind of reflect back on how can I make this better? How can I improve this process? Or I'm, I'm always looking at how can we improve? How can I improve? Um, just kind of going back to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Kaizen, but that always trying to improve is, is, is good because it just makes a difference in whether how small it is or big it is. So always learning. <laughs> I think that's super interesting that you just mentioned that because we um, were working with Toyota and their, um, a lot of their, I guess you call core values are based on that, the Kaizen. So whenever you just said that, um, but I also have a question. I want to know something, and I'm sure our listeners too, what's something horticulture that you have recently learned that you didn't know just to prove that, you know, you're always learning, like what's something that you found out in the past year or two that you were excited about? Um, I would say all of my tree knowledge has expanded greatly um, just because I had learned all of the Southern plants, um, palm trees and all that fun stuff. So um, that doesn't really apply here in New York. We don't have too many palm trees. Uh, so that has been a big one. And then also soil amendments um, and how to correct that. So that's probably, that was in the last month. <laughs> that's awesome. And, you know, and, and I, I'll add on to what I, you know, uh, I think your irrigation knowledge is expanding tremendously. Uh, we're watching the, an evolution of dry happen up here more than it has over the last couple of years. Of course, it's happened a lot of places. And so, um, and, uh, and so, and then, uh, but to watch Jenny speak so comfortably with, with an ant, with, uh, with annuals is, uh, you know, which was probably, you know, which prolific down in the South, but, you know, used sparingly up in our market, right. I and mean, compared to some other markets where annual displays are just big on big properties. We, we have it, we're certainly involved it, but, um, but it could evolve uh, at a greater level. So um, it's fun when you have an interest or it is your background, I like to just chat with Jenny, cause she can, she can get right into the, 
into that with you. So um, I learn a lot from Jenny uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the photos that uh, that are sent along, and I'm just looking at the annual displays at the bottom that she's done with you guys. Uh, for you done with RM is really nice. Um, I think it's interesting how you move climates, right? So that's something when um uh, when I guess when I travel or visit other friends who work in different regions. I grew up in the Northeast, worked in, um, and worked in the Northeast. So there's a certain annual palette that we have, especially when you even go up by Buffalo, that probably is a little bit different. Um, what's it like going from the South? Like we kind of have this like unlimited palette of like amazement and color moving back up to the Northeast. Like, what do you like to use? Is there anything that to go to? I mean, I'm just looking at your patterns and like what you've used and just like got this like really cool garden natural feel to your stuff and it's really nice. So um, when I was growing up in Buffalo, I just, you know, garden for fun. I didn't really have a background or, you know, my parents didn't own any kind of nursery or anything. So um, it wasn't until I got to Cobalt Scale that I really learned palettes up there. Um, you know, the typical geraniums and, you know, the things that you kind of bring out in the season. And I went down to Florida. Uh, there is a lot that you cannot plant that you can actually use as annuals up here. Um, just because the temperature and the lack of water, um, a lot of places don't want to run the water or you can't fertilize during certain times of the year. So I had a lot to learn there. And they do focus more on like using perennials just because of the fact that um, that watering situation and fertilizing. Um, but a lot of stuff kind of translate coleus and you, know, you can still use salvia. And I love salvia. It's my go-to. It's just kind of sticks out no matter where you go. It's bright colored plant and sun patience as well as like a bordering. That's kind of goes between the two. Um, I just really look for texture and color when I'm going and, and looking through books. I Every year I get a magazine from the grower and I'm just searching through and this looks great. And, you know, I just kind of build a pattern or a palette every year. It changes. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I did my annual installs, I just was self-taught and um, I, I, I guess I, I got a little bit close, but this is, yeah, it's pretty cool to see. Like when you have like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little jealous of that skill because definitely skill. I mean, you learned it. Right. And so, um, just be able to like pull out and like vision and get like this really cool displays. I mean, I'm looking at an orangutan here. That's like, I don't even know what that's made out of. What, what is it? It's Carex grass and they're actually all alive too. So they're not um, just like the flower, you know, cut flower displays. They're actually living. Um, and he, he'd be out for like six months. Some of them were all year round. How tall, how, how tall is it? Um, the orangutan was actually only about 12 feet, but, Oh the lady that's on the picture, she was 25 feet tall. Wow. I love her. Um, only, only 12 feet tall. Yeah, I know. So, that's so for, so, so for our listeners to picture this, I'm looking at a picture that has like this, like this, this, uh, the grass is like perfectly colored to like match this like orangutan. And this thing I'm talking about like a 12 foot orangutan I'm using my hands to describe it. And that doesn't make any sense because it's a podcast, but it's 12 foot by, I don't know, this thing's serious. It's really, really cool stuff. Um, so how did you learn how to do that? And did you just kind of send it or what was that process like? Cause that seems pretty intimidating to me, at least I'm like, geez, like <laughs> this was pretty big stuff. I actually, I learned it on the job. 
<laughs> when I applied, I, I was honest with them. I said, I have a lot of knowledge of like science on how to manipulate these plants, but I've never built a 20 foot tall lady and put 300,000 plants in a frame, but I mean, I'll, I'll make it work. <laughs> um, but the, it was just really a, a combination of a lot of research when I got there and working with the teams that were there when I arrived um, that had been working on that stuff and, and listening, even though I was their, their manager, sitting back and like taking their advice and listening to what they were telling me and then marrying that with the knowledge of, of plant science that I had. Um, and then I've always been artistic. So, and I love animals. So it was just, uh, I would see this and I would just see the end product. And then I would look through, um, plant books online, just looking for any kind of, I would go in and walk greenhouses and look for plants that, for example, that orangutan, what is going to give me this hairy look of an orangutan? that'll lie flat and have that right color. And it, it took me like two weeks to find it, but I found it and working with the growers at Bronco grass is specialty grow for us. So it, a lot of research, a lot of on the job learning. I, I don't think there's too many people out there that would walk into that job knowing how to build that. So that's what I told myself when I applied and before I talked myself out of applying. Um, <laughs> so. So Brett, when you're putting an orangutan in front of your shop, yeah. Yeah. We got to go down there and pick up that frame or something. Uh, maybe they're not using it anymore. Um, I do one of the beard. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want a life-size scale of me. Uh, <laughs> how would that look? Um, you could use the, you could use the grass for the beard. That's perfect. I, I'm starting to see this already. Well, and, and, and so, you know, like here I am again, looking at this portfolio and saying, just impressed and excited to have someone with this kind of skill set here. And, um, and, you know, and I don't, we certainly have had not had to build the orangutan yet, but we've had to do um, some really creative pieces. And, I, and I'd say the real, the real challenge is that you're, that these are not near as, what do I call it, maintained as a longwood or a bush gardens, right? So these have to go durations of potentially have water or the irrigation is spotty at best. Uh, the, the client's working with a fixed budget, but still wants the bush gardens look on the, um, uh, you know, small budget, right? Whatever. I was trying to figure out the small place, but then I didn't want to call anybody out. So, um, the, uh, so these kind of, uh, you know, so, so it's different and unique, but nonetheless a challenge. And I think what I learned from her, her experience building really ornate displays and just even hearing what she shared with you all that like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to really engage in this and I'll listen to the team on how this is done. And so, and she never perceives, you know, or says, you know, well at Bush gardens, we had these watered every 12 minutes and somebody was handpicking the little uh, bugs off of them every when one of them landed, right. Or whatever their abilities were, ours are not that. And so she's adapted to what commercial landscapes can afford and can manage through and still pushing really hard to get the best displays out of those. And the gardens that she's been working in our Buffalo branch have been really strong this past year. And, and she's doing that with a whole lot of less resources. And so good, good talent that, and she's, she's pivoted very well. Speaking of pivoting, I want to pivot the discussion to, Hey, that was pretty good. Um, uh, to your involvement with the women in landscapes network. Um, that's a pretty powerful statement. Uh, uh, brought a renewed sense of purpose. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about that. What's what what makes you passionate about it? What's volunteering like? Do you volunteer anywhere else too? 
So, you know, after so many years of, of doing your job, right. And, and just, I love what I do and, and I love going to work every day, but it's also not a fulfillment of purpose sometimes for a bigger picture. Like how can I give back? There've been so many people along my way that have helped me some way or another, or have given me advice. And, and I wanted to give back to the next generation of, of people that are coming into this industry or just into the green industry in general. So when I started look, I actually talked to Brett and I was like, well, what's this NALP thing? Because not somebody that had gone to school for landscape, I didn't know what NALP was. And so I, he, he explained to me and I started looking more into it and I found the Women's Network and that has been a really, it, that statement is 100%, it's renewed purpose. I feel that I'm giving back to future generations of women. Um, I feel that I'm, I'm making ch actual changes that will help the women in the industry in the future. Um, it's brought me closer to my team at RM. Uh, it's actually given me a couple mentors. So um, as much as I, I give, I get back. And it's, it's an amazing organization of women. And they're so talented and just that level of experience that's sitting in that team. Um, I also do offer services to uh, community guardians, give advice. You know, I, I stay up on their pages. I give advice on like if there's plant disease or something like that. And then I've also worked with uh, SUNY Cobal Skill, offered my services for, you know, projects or mentor students. And actually I had a, a fun one at, at RM. I had one of the guys come up and, and tell me that uh, he's been following in my footsteps. So, <laughs> um, you know, I kind of touched base with him. It, it was kind of weird to hear, but it, it also just that going back to that purpose of, wow, okay, I'm actually making a change. So um, done a couple webinars with the Women's Network and had some really good conversations. So well, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I find that volunteering is like very fulfilling. And NLP has like a ton of opportunities. I'm just plugging this for our listeners, you know. Um, if you want to volunteer, there's 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 plenty of opportunities to get involved. Um, I heard the uh, Young Professionals Network is, uh, you know, looking for people. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, and 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 you know, and again, this unique conversation with the two of us on this, it's to say like to hear that and to say, uh, you know, when you question, should I allow the time? Uh, for my team members or the people with, with the, my staff to be participate in volunteerism. Like, yeah, just, just what Jenny said and what that's brought. I mean, even how she's networked the uh, women's network within our own organization, right. Has had tremendous value. And so there's time given, right. And, and, and she knows how to balance that and works well with it. So of course, pick the right person that has the interest and wants to do these things, but a testament here is it really has worked really well for us and we're getting back out of this for what she's what she's gaining knowledge on and uh and so and i you know she'll participate in landscapes and, and all these things like it really has a lot of value to engage folks and right macy here you are right through that same piece as introduction to nalp attending these things and now look at you, you're on a, a global podcast that's world world famous <laughs> I think we will. maybe, maybe to Canada, maybe we're reaching Canada by now. Um, yeah. So 
Yeah, I, I agree with that, with uh, the volunteerism. I think I've, I've taken that for granted, um, but definitely I would encourage any business owner to do that because I don't think I would be where I am at today if I wasn't given the chance to interact with um, and volunteer with people. What's, what, what's cool about it, just a little discussion about it, is um, that you're exposed to people at different levels that you wouldn't be exposed to if you weren't volunteering. So, for instance, I'm sure, Brett, I mean, you, you went all the way to the president of the board. You probably interacted with people. I mean, you did interact with people that ran, you know, huge companies that have different experiences or smaller companies um, across the nation. You know, uh, even in our committees, you get that exposure. And then you end up starting making friends at, with those people uh, that you connect with. And so then you have great places to stay when you travel too. <laughs> well, it, it, yeah, you, uh, in, in, a, in a group where, you know, in a, you get to pick your friends, you get to pick your likes and similarities and you'll stay and that's comfortable. But when you join a committee, right, it's a diverse group of people thought and considerations. And so uh, some of the folks, I didn't know how close I'd get to them. You know, we're, you know, we, from a business standpoint, you wouldn't say that we're, you know, alike, but we become very close to that or other people that I really call a mentor. I've learned a lot from, and again, they run different ways and segments of business. So uh, it, we have one common thought, you know, is that we support our industry, but here we are learning from a, a great deal of diversity in that, in those conversations. So yeah, if you're willing to open yourself up, then you're going to meet a lot of different people and, and that's going to serve you very well. And I, Jenny's brought, I mean, she's been working with, uh, was it Stephanie Levely, yeah, right? Definitely. And, and she's been uh, and, and a mentor and bringing in a lot of cool conversations and thoughts and sharing information because that's what we do. We network and we share. It's like, hey, try this and do these. And so, and Jenny's brought those to my attention saying like, well, what do you think of these things? And it's just, that's great. That's, I mean, so we're, it's again, her involvement is another outlet, not just now, it's not on my shoulders to figure out all the greatest cool ideas for this company or whatever an ALP can do. It's many people are doing that. And, and Jenny's right there at the front. Nice. Jenny, what do you like teaching? What do you like when you mentor somebody? Like what, what really do you like sharing or do you like, what energy do you like seeing back from that person when they learn something new? So um, I'm actually working with a company down, um, I'm going to say it's in Kentucky, uh, the Muller Group, and they're a smaller, smaller uh, landscape, but they're expanding and at a good rate. And what I've loved to work with her and mentor her on is her process, because just watching her go from where she was at a year ago, oh, well, and it's my, it's her son and mother and daughter, um, and they've just gone from so much different in a year and watching her build the values, her company values, her culture, um, help her build processes for like SOPs. I love all of that stuff. I just, it gets me excited process and procedure. <laughs> I know it's boring for some people, but it just, oh, it I just, feel you. I feel the energy. I'm with it. <laughs> I just, I love things being really organized and, and helping them go uh, even with the interview process. I think she was going through last time. And what was fun was that to hear the challenges she was being faced with were something I was also being faced with too. So it kind of, even though I'm mentoring them, what I like to take away is like, okay, it's not just me. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a two-way street. And say Stephanie tells me the same thing when she's mentoring me. She loves to get the, you know, she gets knowledge from me too. Uh, and it's not just her telling me things and it's that back and forth. 
having an open, real conversation of what do you need? And I love this industry for that because out of all the different industries I've been in um, between production and the amusement park landscapes, the most open um, that I've seen so far in sharing information and willingness to do so. Um, that's what really excites me. What's the, what's the go-to process that you like to, that you like to implement that you think that makes a di- big difference in companies? Company culture. That is the, uh, my go-to process of like really building a culture within your team or your department or your company, because that's just your founding, you know, your building blocks from there out. If you don't have a, a good company culture, you're not going to be able to have anybody follow an SOP or have a quality standard. So that's my go-to first. I'm going to dive deeper on that. What's uh, what? Because culture is a big word. I mean, it's a pretty broad topic. So, what what like what what are the things that you like to do that you think that help grow that culture? Work on um, team behavior, team building. Um, team communication, uh, that's a really big one, is just company communication. A lot of people think they're having a conversation, but they're not. They're talking to two different people and not one of them is listening. So working on that, really, that whole dynamic of communication and understanding and growing team empathy and group um, group organization and, and watching them build and start working as a team, as one. So that's uh, really where I like to kind of dive into and, and teaching them how to do things together and not on their own, because you do find that a lot. Brett, do you see that? Um, so I think this is more of like a kind of like a higher level leader. And then you're talking about the people that are on your team helping you grow the company. Um, I'm sure culture is really important. So do you see that energy? How do you foster that culture as well? And Jenny, how does that relationship work? Oh, I, I uh, while it is a big statement, you got to sort of, uh, I think, walk the talk and through all of our process. And we've had some facilitators come in and, you know, teach us a lot of things. And Jenny sort of has adapted that because so every time she sat in that leadership role, be a uh, moving a committee through, um, she's had uh, a professional articulate way and, and a passionate uh, position within each of this. So that um, again, I think it's not just saying, here's what I learned. You all go figure out how to do this. This is who I am. I'm becoming this for you all. I'm showing you as best I can, the examples of how to live this, that value and action and the behaviors behind it uh, and out there. And so she'll often, um, you know, ideas will come out and because she's, right there in the committee learning it, she'll be the first ones to put it in place. And, and that's sort of the luxury of some of these committees that, well, we've got a good idea. Well, and if you're really excited about it, go try it out there with your teams, come back to the committee. Is it working or not working? Uh, and, and I think she's been given a lot of, uh, of good feedback towards that. And so um, when we were looking for somebody that was going to help facilitate and lead that process of strategic planning for us and the execution of this, um, Jenny was referred to us by our, our facilitator uh, and thought like that should be the right person. And, and she's really embraced that. And, um, and so, and it's because I think she believes it and, uh, and it's, and, uh, and she's been an author of some of a lot of it. And so that fully captured a lot of really exciting parts of it. Uh, and, and, you know, could 
I have done the same thing. No. Right. I mean, one, I think, you know, the role as a, as an owner or a, a leader of the, of the organization, you know, there's less sharing. There's, it had to be somebody within the organization that could really pull out, have some honest conversations, share to the up top and, but then also be peer at a level, but she's also had the reverse where she's had to insert authority uh, to someone that may to roles that are, you know, in the day job are higher in a, in a, a hierarchical way of it. it. I don't think that really matters that much in our organization. I hope it doesn't <laughs> uh, donate <laughs> to that Jenny on live air, but uh, I wish we didn't have, I hope that we're all seen as peers in our organization, but we have responsibilities to teach, you know, just, you know, say someone's going to have to make a decision. And sometimes, and Jenny's done that very confidently and at the right times to make decisions within strategic planning. She's been given that, uh, that responsibility and she runs with it. So embracing it, long story short, embracing that, uh, that culture and applying it to your job or practicing it, uh, has made it, made her do her job very well. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, sorry, Jenny, go ahead. I just to kind of recap that too. So um, you kind of asked how, how did I wind through all these different kind of jobs and a lot of it was environment and I especially when I had gotten to come back home to Buffalo I I started interviewing companies <laughs> I might have applied but I interviewed a lot of companies and I wanted to know you know what can you offer me because a job is a job but the environment of the job that relationship makes that so much easier to do these things that Brett's talking about, because I believe in that purpose. I believe in our company. I believe what we want to accomplish. So, you know, it's easier to sell something that you believe in. Um, so that has a lot to do with it. That's pretty wise. And also, um, that's actually really wise. I mean, I think that that's, that's a, that's a really good nugget of understanding that you're that you also don't want to take every, any opportunity that just pops up. You want to be selective with who you're working with because that'll make you better at your job and enjoy it more too. Um, yeah. But it also, Brett, what you're saying, um, but I took away from that as like, um, as, as the leader, but like, I agree, like with the, the peers thing, I don't, I don't work for your company, but I'm sure like that there's, there's some of that for sure, but it's infectious, right? When you even have a team member, who is, I mean, so I'm, I'm thinking about the person who might be in that middle management position that might have an opportunity to do what Jenny's doing at your, your organization, right? Or if they say they have this passion, but they're not, that they're kind of afraid to step up. But the thing is, is that you're giving feedback here saying, well, that's not my, my role because I, I wouldn't be able to do it the way that Jenny's doing it, even though you're right, you're quote unquote, Jenny's boss. But in reality, Jenny's making decisions. And as a, as an owner in your organization, you're, you really appreciate that. Um, and you invite that, which is, you know, which is something that maybe a mental blocker that I've, I know I've had, right. Like you think like, Oh, the big boss won't like my ideas or like, I got to stay in my operating lane. But if you're able to approach things, you got to call up Jenny to see how to do this, but it seems pretty infectious and leaders really like that. We, we are, uh, I'll recognize our entire company. We've, we are moving a lot more initiatives through than we've ever have is because we've, uh, I think done a really good job at getting people on board and excited about what's happening. And then for them to understand how they could own it. It used to be all lines led to me. And if it didn't happen because I didn't let it happen or I didn't get time to do it or wasn't hot on my priorities, then 
uh, it, it just stopped. And that was, you know, I got a lot of feedback. Like, the, you know, we, we get someplace and then it stopped and we get a little momentum and then it stopped. And so, um, and I, and I recognize my strengths are more big picture and strategic than they are actually getting something done. Right. Or like the process or the, um, just the steps. Like I, I don't want to get down into paperwork kind of game. Right. But Jenny is a process person. She has a strategic mind. Um, but I see her strengths right now being very much how to move uh, something, uh, an idea along, managing the schedule to it, keeping people accountable and, and knowing how to coach through that. That was necessary. And, and, and then the other managers and team members in our committees has just been really impressed with the level of thought and concentration. So yeah, you got to move it off of your plate, right? As a leader, uh, you got to give it this. I mean, in, in this year or the last couple of years, we've actually had the right people and the right mindsets to really move this forward. So very exciting when that happens. And you finally, as a business owner, I could finally see how I could think about other parts of the organization or um, I could have help. And we're really going to get some, really into the, deep, the depth of this. And that's probably self-feeding too, right? Because you have a more excited team that feels more empowered than other people are going to want to, at least you have a better recruiting platform to say like, Hey, we got this energetic team, but everyone actually is like, yeah, we got this. People believe it. Right. And, and, and that's how you get people like Jenny on board. It seems. Right. So, so, right. Yeah. Jenny, I, it, I, I see a nod. You got to say it out loud. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, in this, yeah. uh, in this, no. yeah, yeah. It honestly, it, I'm always the kind of person that I get bored very easily. So I love projects and I love challenges. So this is just like one of those things that when it was brought to me, I was like, Ooh, a new challenge is something I'm going to new something to learn. And, um, people like me, I think there's other, there's other individuals in this industry or just in work in general that love or have a passion. It's not necessarily a big process, but the challenge of figuring out that process, big puzzle person. So, uh, you know, doing this keeps me interested so that, because if I was to do my day-to-day -day job, I would get bored. And I think I honestly had that conversation with Brett. Um, and I've had that conversation with uh, my branch manager that, you know, give me more because I'm going to get bored. And um, learning though, through that, what has been great about this process is being honest and feeling comfortable to be honest when I'm overwhelmed and saying, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> mm. I, you know, but that is, uh, that's one of the great things about this company or even just working with my, some of my other coworkers is that open communication, um, which I've watched over the last three years kind of change at this company and it has improved um, and just feeling comfortable to say when it's too much and feeling comfortable to feel like you're not going to fail um, is a huge uh, improvement in some of my work and my work and home life too. Well, well time statement in the spring and the, the chaos of what we're doing right now and actually very helpful for me as my, right. Yeah. Well, right. But it's just, it's, it's all going to be okay. Everybody out there. Right. And Luke is kicking butt out there and getting a lot of work done. Right. And we'll have him back on this one, but we're all very busy. And, and this is some of the most demanding times of our industry. And uh, for every one call saying, thank you, there's probably two calls saying, where are you? And why do you do this? Right. And we've get those. And, but, um, but I could appreciate your uh, um, 
thought, Jenny, and uh, and I guess it hits. I think it'll hit well with the audience in this time when this airs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to transition to Rose and Thorn. Jenny, I, th I know that you're an early feedback giver, so I'm assuming that you've listened to the podcast, so you know what the Rose and Thorn is about. We do Rose and Thorn at work and sometimes in our huddles in the morning. Oh, fantastic. Is that where the idea originally came from? I forget. It's been a year. I, I got, the, I brought it to my, to work because we do it at the dinner table that my, and my wife, uh, I think learned it at, through her school. Uh, and so we're, we do it at the dinner table and then you're going to read it about a couple of places. So, but I think you brought it up too, Miles. So it's, it's out there. It's uh like pay it forward. It's, it's, it's live kind of thing. Oh, wait, but we got, we got a botanist on here. So we have to say Rosen Prickle for our. No, no still not, still not falling for it. Oh, yeah. no, All right. No. Well, it was worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So who wants to kick it off? I, I dare say Macy. Let's try see if she'll try. Well, well, my thorn this week is it's June and it's midsummer and it's a five week month. So that is always a struggle when you're running a business and budgets. Um, so trying to get all the flowers in for the month and hope that rain holds off for a little bit. So yeah, my uh, rose would be that we're going to Oklahoma to work on wedding planning stuff and having dinner with our families at our wedding venue this weekend. That's great. That's exciting for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll offer, uh, you know, parallels to that busy uh, spring, wonderful, I think successful last week um, of getting things done before Memorial Holiday for art, for a lot of people, clients and, uh, but at what sacrifice, right? And so we're getting a little busy. We're, you know, the clients are gave, had a nice holiday and they're back at it. And so classic spring, early summer needs. And how do we not let that push us down, but, um, but just take a breath and get through it. Um, and uh, Rose, just a wonderful long weekend. And with the family, be able to recharge and get back at this week. And this week's flying by, flying by. How about you, uh, Miles? Yeah, um, I'm really enjoying the weather this past uh, this past week in DC. I mean, it's it's been really nice, uh, like mid 70s, 80s, and like in the 60s at in the lows. I mean, that like for beginning of June, that's awesome for for DC. Um, so uh, it's also interesting. It's not a rose nor a thorn. It's kind of in the middle, whatever that is. But the cicadas are incredible to me. So like we've had like I walk outside and it's just like this like buzz of uh of cicadas and it's, it's 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 amazing to me how these like they're pretty big bugs but you know it's like i don't know it's just commentary random stuff anyways uh the, the thorn um the thorn would be uh yeah things are pretty busy so um so I, I'm, I'm feeling that and uh uh jenny's words of um of wisdom of like that skill of, of recognizing, you know, once too much, you know, not trying to disappoint people, but also recognizing what's, uh, what's right for you is, uh, really speaks to me. So, um, yeah. So, um, oh yeah. And another rose is I've been like given back with like a lot of friends, you know, helping mentor some friends and, uh, do that. And that's been really rewarding as well. So. How about you, Jenny? Um, I'm going to say my rose uh, it's definitely going on this podcast today. I've been really excited about it. 
So I'm not going to lie. That's definitely a rose for me. And also in two weeks, it's going to be my 10 year anniversary. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and then my barn is going to go to that. We're just coming off that initial like big boom of spring and flowers are in. So my brain's been a little foggy and I'm starting to come back to normal, but I'm trying to process thoughts and forgetting words and where am I? What day is it? Um, you know, so it just coming off that you're just mentally exhausted and kind of looking forward to this weekend. Well, mm -hmm. we're all, we're all sitting in the same boat there, yeah. right? The rose and thorn. So everyone's well, nodding with the silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to think of the words you want to say, you know? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Thanks for coming on Jenny. Good, uh, good perspective. Um, we're very lucky to have you. Uh, and on, on this podcast and in our organization. So, and maybe we'll get to that uh, 20 foot orangutan one of these days or something somehow. The 20 foot orangutan, the, the 30 foot snake, yeah. um, <laughs> the, the gigantic octopus. I'm just listing off here because I didn't shout it all out. There's a giraffe in here. There's like a miniature land, like with like, it seems like juniper, like to make it look like trees. It's, it's guys, this is really cool stuff. You gotta, you gotta reach out to Jenny. Um, Jenny, what's the best place to contact you? If people, do you have like Twitter or like what's the uh, the best place to contact you? I have a LinkedIn and I also have um, Facebook. There you go. Uh, yeah, so just look my name up. And you'll find me on there. I'm also on the RM page too. Uh, Women in Landscape Network. I'm on there. I'm around. Awesome. Cool. Well, Jenny, thank you very much for coming on to Growing in the Green Industry. Uh, great having you. Also, big thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with your coworkers, friends, family, and anyone else in between. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a good rest of your days. See ya. See ya.